Let's pray. Father, give me access. Give me unlimited access to your mind and into your heart. And let me speak your word undiluted and unadulterated. Give me the courage to speak the truth and the wisdom to communicate your truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Because so you know that it's uh, Sunday outreach after church. So we have to be close to 1030. I'll try. I preached this morning at Donya branch. And so I had to rush down here to finish their uh, conference with them. And so that explains why I came to church late today. But um, I'm going to try and see what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach for a very short time. And then after that, we will have outreach at have you arranged buses? We'll have outreach um, at Printers. And then we'll have outreach at Community 1820 area. Then we'll have outreach at Opoi Gono. I would let you know all that we will launch out today after church. Be part of it. Be part of what God is doing. Be part of this outreach program. And the Lord will bless you. Your life will not be the same. Amen. Amen. Okay. So it's a month of salvation. And I'm doing a very unusual series. Um, the title is Sinsinary, like we have dictionary. Sin defined, not refined. Last week, I established the fact that it doesn't matter the name you give to sin. It is still sin. You can call it mistake. You can call it a fault. You can call it weakness. No matter the name you give to sin, it is still sin and has the same effect on you. Last week, I went ahead to establish these facts with you. This morning, I want to do part two of sin scenario, And I'm talking on the subject, winning the battle within. Winning the battle within. Winning the battle within. Historically, um, the world is, has been characterized with different battles. You know, people fought tribal wars to take control over water bodies and to take control over lands and to protect their lands. Nations have fought over different things, over minerals, etc., etc. Life is characterized with battles. But there is another battle that is, that is very serious. It's called the battle within. And I want to discuss that with you. When you are fighting an enemy from outside, it's quite easy. We share borders with with Togo. If, if Togo wants to fight with Ghana, we put soldiers at the borders and try to prevent them from coming in. But if there are people in Ghana who have already smuggled arms into the country, it becomes more difficult to fight the enemy from within. Are you here? I know that most of you are focused when it comes to spiritual warfare. You are focused on dealing with the enemy from outside. You are focused on dealing with the devil. You are focused on dealing with witches and wizards. You are focused on dealing with principalities and powers. And you look at that enemy from outside. It's the enemy from without. Today, I want you to look at the battle from within. Amen. And the aim of this sermon is to help you win the battle over sin. The battle over sin. Amen. Okay, so quickly, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 and the verse 17. Galatians chapter 5 and the verse 17. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. For the flesh desires 
what is contrary to the spirit. And note that the spirit here um, starts with capital S. So he's talking about the spirit of God. The spirit of God. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. For they are in conflict with each other. So that you are not able to do whatever you want. So there is a conflict within you. And this conflict is between the spirit of God in you. So I'm talking here within the context of the Christian. The spirit of God in you and your flesh. And it's a contest that will go on until the coming of the Lord. But it's a contest that you must win. Because if you fail to win it, when the Lord appears and raptures his own, he will not rapture you. Even if you, the Lord does not come now and you fail to win this battle, it has very negative results on your life. So it's a battle you must win. And the good news is that God has given us every weapon we need to win this battle. And I want to show you. I want to show you how to win this battle between the spirit of God in you and your flesh. I've already taught you by the fact that you are a spirit, soul, and body. I'm not going to go over again. We don't have time. But let me move straight. In every warfare, what is important are the weapons that are used in these warfares. Most armies win because they have more powerful weapons. They are weapons in this battle between the flesh and the spirit. And I want to show you the weapons. First, I'm going to show you the weapons of the flesh. And how it is used to battle you so that you sin against God. And I'll show you the weapons of the spirit of God and how you can also use it. So let's look at the weapons. Now, there's what we call the weapons of unrighteousness. The weapons of unrighteousness. Galatians chapter 5, 19 to 21. The weapons of unrighteousness. The weapons of unrighteousness. I hope you can see the drawings. The weapons of unrighteousness. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, adverse of anger, self-ambition, selfish ambition, dissension, division, Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other things like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is scary. The number one agenda of every Christian is to inherit the kingdom of God. But the number one agenda of Satan is to make sure you do not inherit the, king, 
the kingdom of God. So the battle between your spirit and the flesh, these are the weapons Satan uses against you. So this, how we see here, is a typical carnal Christian. And how your flesh is being used against you. So that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. The first weapon that the devil is using against you is sexual immorality. And it's the most effective and efficient weapon today. The most effective and efficient weapon today. And the devil is really winning the battle on this side. There are many Christians who think that sexual sin is a weakness. It is not. It is a sin. And it has a very devastating effect on you. From fornication to adultery to masturbation to pornography, etc., etc. The devil is using this weapon effectively and efficiently against many Christians. But you know what? God has given you the ability and the power to overcome this. Once Jesus died for you, you were made righteous. Righteousness is divine enablement to live a holy life. So today, as your pastor, I join you in this battle. And we break the hold of sexual immorality over everyone. Especially, we break it over this generation. The hold of sexual immorality. Look at what is going on in our communities. What is going on on social media. I pity this generation and the sort of standards that the world is setting for the church. When we became a Christian, we became Christians. You were afraid of sin so much so that even to dis disagree with your friend, you go into fasting and prayer. Today, people can commit these things and feel free and come to church and feel all right and sit down. The devil is winning the war within against you. But the tables must turn today. May the Lord have mercy on you. This will destroy you. David lost this battle and it had a devastating effect on him and his family. When David slept with someone's wife and killed the person, it was the beginning of problems in David's house. It had a lengthy replication. David's son had to rape his daughter so that sword would be in David's house. It eventually went to the, to the division of the kingdom. Rise up. You have the strength to overcome every sin in your life. God has given you that strength. God lives in you. Jesus lives in you. You have to depend. You have to draw from that strength from inside you. You can make it. You can be righteous. You can be holy. You can make it. You can make heaven if you are determined. Because he has enabled you, divinely enabled you. 
You are the righteousness of God. You have been called to show for his glory. He lives in you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit lives in you. You can win it. You can win this battle. And today when you live here, you are going home with this at the back of your mind. That is a battle going on within you. But you are too armed to be defeated. And you can win that battle. Are you here? You can win that battle. You can win it. You can be proud of yourself. You can go before the Lord without any guilt. You can be proud to serve the Lord. Because you know that you are winning the battle. You know you are winning it. And it's not going to end today. It's going to end only when Jesus comes. But every morning you wake up, you must know that you are, there's a battle going on within you. And you must win it. Because when you lose this battle, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And when you look at this, you, you, it's as if there is the sin graduates. Now it comes to impurity. Impurity is to become, it, 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 it is, you see, sin has a smell. Now the word you see impurity is just like a stinking saw, an infected saw. The way it smells. So, so sometimes eh, you, you sin and you yourself, you feel that you can't even approach God anymore. You, feel, you have a sense of impurity. You feel you are dirty. You feel you can't just go before God anymore. Sometimes you feel you don't qualify to sing in the choir. You feel you don't qualify to sit in front. You want to sit at the back. You want to come to church when church is almost about to close and just share the grace. But you know something? The fact that you are sinning and you feel impure and you feel dirty, but you still manage to come to church tells me something about you. It tells me that you love the Lord and you are really struggling to win this battle. May the Lord give you the grace to win that battle. Are you here? Don't let the devil drive you away from the presence of God. Don't let the devil drive you away from the presence of God. Rise up and fight. Keep your garment pure. Impurity is just like wearing a, a pure white garment and having someone soil it for you. Is that feeling you have when you think you don't deserve to be amongst a group of people you feel are better than you? Don't let sin reduce you to that. You have an unlimited access to the presence of God. The death of Christ opened the presence of God to you. And you must enjoy the presence of God. So don't allow Satan to use the weakness of the body, the weapons of unrighteousness, to let you stay outside the presence of God. Being a Christian and accepting Jesus, accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior is the greatest experience you can ever have in life. It brings you everything God has. It brings you, it takes you to ori the ori original life that God gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Don't let anything take it away from you. Don't let that man, that sinful man and that sinful woman take it away from you. You are bigger than that. You are stronger than that. You can overcome it. You can overcome it. You can overcome it. You can win. You can win this battle. You can win this battle. You can win it. Lustful pleasures. 
You see, preaching on social media, it doesn't excite you. You've seen a girl. Is it, do, do you call it, is it twerk, twerking or twerking? Twerking. You see a girl standing like this and twerking. That's why you want to watch. You know, not, not my sermon. I mean, some of you will live here, you will never watch this sermon again. But you see somebody doing like this, you will watch it. See a naked woman, you will watch it. You see, simple pleasures. What excites you is not holiness. It is devil, the devil leading you gradually from the presence of God and leading you to hell. But you don't have an address in hell. Jesus, as we speak now, is constructing your mansion. Your name is on it. Your name is on it. There is a street in heaven with your name on it. The statue of First Street. And I live on the statue of First Street. My, ha- my house address is statue of First Street 001. And I want mommy to live very close to me. So statue of First Street 002. And it's a mansion. And you are at 003. So don't miss it. Don't miss going to heaven. Hell is not your destination. Hell was made for Satan and his angels. And Satan is recruiting. Satan is truly recruiting people and moving people. He's using every means, social media, human agents, whatever Satan can use to get you to go to hell with him. He's doing it. But I'm announcing to you that Jesus will help you. If you allow yourself, he will help you. He will help you to stand up in holiness and in righteousness. He's coming for a church that is not dirty. He's coming for a church without blemish. He's coming for a holy church. And you are the church. And you are the church. The good news is that you can fight this. Idolatry. For many of you, you think because you don't go to a shrine to worship. So you are not worshiping idols. But your phone can be an idol. You love this phone so much and everything on it. The words I'm even preaching, you are whatsapping. <laughs> what's I'm even preaching, you are whatsapping. What's I'm even preaching, you are watching something else. Oh, may the Lord help us. You know, sometimes I watch um, Facebook, our broadcast, to see the quality of it. But whilst I'm on watching, I see people in church also watching it. What are you doing on Facebook when you are already here? Are you here with me? Listen, fight these things. Human beings can be idols for you. Can be idols for you. Money can be your idol. Anything that takes the place of God is an idol. TV can be an idol for you. Anything that takes the place of God. When you fall in love with something that is taking God away from you, that thing is an idol. Are you here with me? Worship no graven image. But don't worship you. Sometimes you can be your own idol. You love yourself so much that you can't let yourself go so that God can take over. Jesus wants to take over you. 
He wants to have a closer relationship with you. He wants you to truly enjoy the Christian life. When I see people who feel that Christianity is boring, a Christian life is boring, it's because you haven't come to that place of overcoming the battle within. When you have a perfect relationship with the Lord Jesus, life is different. The meaning of life is different. You truly enjoy life. You truly enjoy life. Jesus came to give you life. A better life than the one your parents gave you. A better life than what money can give you. A better life than what anything can give you. Take that life. Take it. Take it. Christianity, Christianity is a lifestyle. You either live it or leave it. It must show in your behavior. It must show in your character. It must show in everything that you do. Come on. Don't say you are a Christian. Act as a Christian. Show it. Show it. I lived in a place called Adabraka. That's where I grew up. You all know my story. And when you get to Adabraka, Adabraka had a lot of Muslims. You don't need to ask anybody who a Muslim is. The way they dress. The way they carry their buta. Not what they use, they carry it openly, comfortably, with confidence, walking around there. If I come looking for you in your area and I miss your house number and I don't know where you live and I'm, I'm stranded, I should be able to ask your neighbors, I'm looking for the, Christ, the Christian here. I'm looking for the Christian who lives in this area. And somebody should be able to point out, oh, there's a Christian who lives here. There's a Christian family who lives here. Let your light so shine before me. Jesus didn't say, tell people you are Christian. He said, let your light shine. Let your light shine. You are a young man among young men who are sinning, who are not Christians. You, and you feel the odd one out. You feel that you are the one that is not normal. They are abnormal. You are the normal one. You feel you are the one that is different. No, they are different. You are not. You are living the God kind of life. When I was in secondary school, and my friends heard I was a virgin. I went to secondary school late. So even at the age of 19, 20, I was still in secondary school. And a group of guys, I don't know how they heard it, but they came to me. I was, I was sitting in the classroom. They came to me, Gideon, is it true that you are a virgin? I said, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Hey. Oh, Charlie, they don't know what is sweet. Charlie, you don't shock us all. You, do shock. you see, as if, as, you see, now being a porn star, being a porn star, you become a celebrity. Being a virgin is frowned upon. But do you know there are even Christian men who rather marry a porn star than to marry a virgin? Because they feel that, no, 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 you can't give me the sex I'm looking for. You can't give me the sex I'm looking for. But marriage goes beyond sex. Marriage is a whole ministry. It's a channel through whom God brings into this world godly children. The Christian marriage goes beyond just having sex. I don't mean that I don't have sex. But I mean that should not be your motivation. Stand for the truth. And when these guys said this, when they left, I was wondering, am I normal? Am I abnormal? Then the Holy Ghost said, no, you are the normal one. You are the one approved by the Lord. 
You are the one that God accepts. So stand. Stand firm in this. And you can win this battle. I believe you are anointed. I believe you are called. I believe you are mandated to be a star in your family. To be a star in your generation. To shine for people to give glory to the Lord. You wouldn't have been here. You wouldn't have been sitting here. If Jesus has not called you to be that star. To shine. So don't let the devil use the weapons of unrighteousness. To win this battle. You can. And you must. Sorcery people consult all manner of things. And I have preached here and I've said that the problem with African spirituality is that we are more superstitious than spiritual. The reason why the prophetic ministry in this country is the most attractive ministry is because of our fetish mindset. When you have a challenge, you have a problem, you are likely to ascribe it to satanic attack than look at it that God is testing your faith. Job didn't ascribe his situation to satanic attack. He looked at it as God testing his faith. How you view hardship determines your spirituality. Until you have gone to a service where there is spiritual warfare and you are dealing with key topics, you cannot spend an hour of prayer, spend 30 minutes or 45 minutes of that hour of prayer binding the devil and not asking the Lord to do anything for you. Are you here with me? The fear of evil comes from our fetish mindset. The fear of evil, the fear that Satan can have effect on you. We look at Satan, we magnify Satan, and we give Satan too much credit. When in actual fact, Jesus made a public mockery of him. When Jesus said it was finished on the cross, he meant the battle with Satan was finished. And that you can overcome him. And that you can, you can overcome him. I am sure, I'm sure that my doorposts are marked with the blood of Jesus. When an angel of death comes to Bachuna and is walking around and see my house, it will walk past it. I believe that witches and wizards cannot be in my house. Even if you come there, you are wasting your time. I am hidden in Christ Jesus and in God. I am seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand side of the Father. Let me show you how protected you are. Put water in a bottle and put that bottle in water. You see, you see, Jesus lives in you and you live in him. Also, look at it this way. You all know pebbles. To be able to have access to the granite in the pebble, you have to break the sugary thing around it and break the chocolate and get the granite. That is exactly what, for the devil to get you, he has to first deal with God the Father. And then deal with God the Son. And even if it comes to you, God the Holy Spirit lives in the inside of you. You are too empowered, too powerful to fear the devil. I see the next great leader in this congregation today. I see the next president that will change this continent in this congregation today. 
someone is rising to the next level in your life you are too powerful you are too powerful to allow the body of sin to control you you are too powerful for the weapons of unrighteousness to bring you down depend on that god in the inside of you don't call it weakness don't call it don't call it weakness don't call it effort don't call it mistake don't justify your sin look at it as a weapon of unrighteousness that wants to bring you down like it brought david down like it brought solomon down like it brought samson down look at it that way and fight it and fight it that girl chasing you even though she knows you are married it's not just a girl it's a satanic agent that man who is married older than you 10 years older 15 years older and is engaging your life and doesn't want any guy to talk to you listen it is around this time in your early 20s in your late teens and early 20s that as a woman you are so beautiful you are so attractive if you let a married man engage your time around that time when you start hitting some age your attractiveness is gone and it will be too late for you to have someone kick that man out of your life kick that man out of your life god will take care of you if you can't believe god to solve your problems you can how can you believe that man can solve your problems god says i'll be your ever-present help I will be your ever-present help. In the waters, I will be with you. In the fires, I will be with you. I will be there for you. And God has been there for us. 22 years ago, we were scatters here. Look at what he has done for us. Look at how he has transformed us. He can do the same for you. I, I, want to, I want to be part of your success story. When you are sharing your testimony, I will be there to share it with you. I will be there. I will remember the sermon that I preached the sermon. You took it serious. You went out there and conquered the body of sin. Hostility. Quarreling. Listen, you, you don't... You see, the thing about being a good Christian is that you have the capacity... To avoid conflicts to overlook an insult and to walk away sometimes people deliberately invite you for battle i see that in the political front a lot so somebody makes a wide allegation against the president somebody unknown somebody insignificant makes a wide allegation against the president and then the Flastaff House or the Jubilee House now issues a press statement to deny it. And now it is discussed on radio and on TV and suddenly and nobody has become prominent. Sometimes people invite you for a fight because fighting you makes them feel important. Ignore them. The most painful thing is somebody who is looking for your fight. And then you walk away and ignore that person. Just walk away. You don't have to answer everybody. It is not weakness to overlook an insult. It is strength to overlook an insult. It is strength not to respond to a provocation. It is strength. It is not a weakness at all. 
It is not a weakness at all. Strength is not in shouting. Strength is not in fighting. Strength is not in, in making sure your point of view is heard. Strength is having this confidence in yourself. That irrespective of how you look at me, God looks at me differently. Strength is having this confidence that I'm created in the Lord. I'm walking on the pathway, prophetic pathway. What you see about me does not change who I am. It's only God that matters. I have won. When the Lord said to me, when I was coming to Sprinter's Road, and the Lord said to me, no man will be able to stand up against you. I thought that when any man rise up against me, God was going to fight the person. No, you know, when, when I get people provoking me, the Lord tells me, look elsewhere. Ignore them. Pretend you have not even seen it. Pretend you have not even seen it. And I always win. I always win. I keep winning. I don't remember the last time I lost a battle. Because I don't fight myself. God does the battling for me. I don't fight myself. Overlook an insult. Overlook provocation. Overlook, overlook people mocking you. Overlook people gossiping about you. Overlook people trying to run you down. You don't owe them any answers. You don't owe them any explanation. Are you here with me? Live your life to the fullest. Live your life to the fullest. Jesus came that you will have life and have life abundantly. That abundant life starts immediately you give your life to Jesus. You enjoy your life. You enjoy it to the fullest. Then when the rapture comes, ah, you will be enjoyed better in heaven. Declare your independence of people's expectations. I have declared my independence of people's expectation. I would have been a prophet by now. <laughs> I would have been somebody else by now. But I'm enjoying life. Because I don't live to impress anybody. I live to make sure I walk in the perfect will of God. I became a Christian at the age of 14. I used to go to, I used to, go to church in bathroom sandals. It was the only thing I had in shorts and in tattered t-shirts and i'll still go to church i will still make a joyful noise unto the lord i remember our church had a conference and i took my father's trousers my father was huge big so when i took the trousers i i used a rope to tie it on my never that's the way i put it and tied it somewhere it came above my never and i wore a t-shirt over it that in the midst of the conference, when the Spirit of God was coming down, and I was so excited praying, apparently the rope had loosened, and the trousers had come down. And uh, so, and I was praying, I was praying. I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. And then when the preacher man said, um, we should quietness and we should wait upon the Lord, I heard some sisters laughing. When I turned back, these sisters were laughing at my trousers. But guess what? Guess what? I just changed my position and went to the wall. Went to the wall for the next prayer topic. And I pitched my back against the wall. Nobody was standing behind me to see me again. I ignored those sisters. They couldn't listen. And I prayed and I prayed. I am sure. I am sure. I'm very, very sure. I'm very sure that by now their husbands watch me on TV. Are you here? 
Oh, I remember one sister came to me when we were in the other temple crying that a group of sisters are mocking her, that she's wearing secondhand clothes and they're mocking her. But I said to her, why are you crying? Your marriage is better than their marriage. So also tell them they are, they are marrying to a secondhand husbands. And move on, enjoy your life. Nobody should tell you how you should live your life except the Bible. Live by the biblical principles and enjoy life. Enjoy life to the fullest. Enjoy it to the fullest. Don't be jealous of anybody. Don't at all be jealous of anybody. Why are you jealous of someone? What I have would not come to you if I hadn't gotten it. So, to assume, to be envious that I have houses or I have cars, it doesn't stop anything. In fact, do you know what happens? Do you know what happens? You think so much about me that you stop thinking about yourself. You stop thinking about, you're, you're, you're so much focused on somebody's development that you forget to develop yourself. Are you here? Let me try to conclude this. So the rest, please, you can. We will try to put this on, on the church platform so that you can take it and look at it. But let, let me show you what, what we call the weapon of righteousness. How you have been empowered to overcome the enemy. The weapon of righteousness. The weapon of righteousness. The weapon of righteousness. Galatians 5, to 23. Galatians 5, to 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You see, the other ones I just showed you, when you do them, you break the laws of God. And sin is breaking the laws of God. But these ones, there is no law against falling in love. Loving someone. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you something. Falling in love with a woman or with a man is a very special feeling. Very, very special feeling. N nothing can, can, can take away that feeling. There's nothing, there's no substitute for the feeling that comes when you fall in love and when you feel you are loved. But you see, when you fall in love with Jesus, that feeling is also at a different level. And in fact, your ability to love someone else begins with the ability to love yourself. And the ability to love yourself begins with the ability to love God. Are you here? When you love God, you love yourself. When you love yourself, you are able to carry the same love to someone. I love mommy. But the measure of my love for mommy is a reflection of my love for myself. And the measure of the love for myself is a reflection of my love for God. 
If I love God 360 degrees, I will love myself 360. Are you here with me? Do you understand? But let me show you if we truly love God. So I'll end on this because of time. I'll just end on this one. Let me, let me show you if you truly love God. I've told you my story of me and mommy. So Reverend Mills is here. He's uh, someone who can testify to this. And mommy agreed to marry me. There was no, we had, had no phones to be making phone calls. But within 24 hours, all my friends knew that I was falling in love. Because you can't keep love. You tell people when you are in love with something. You tell people when you are in love with something. I'm telling you. For those of you here, who your husbands don't celebrate you in the open, question their love. If you are not the one on their DP, question them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know the most annoying thing? When I see a man with his own picture on his DP, a man that is married. If your husband has a Facebook wall and you don't feature there prominently, there's something wrong about the love. There are some men who are not social media, they are not there. That one I agree, they are not there. They don't even like pictures, it's okay. But if you love it, showcase the one you love. I told everybody about mommy. And how much, and in this church, I keep boring you with me and mommy's story. And I tell you all the time about me, me and mommy. I understand Baba was telling us, Baba's daughter, how old is she? Four years. Baba's daughter is four years. They were driving past my house. They say, hey, Bishop, the way Bishop can do what? Describe her wife, eh? Hey, Bishop, the way Bishop can describe her wife, eh? Four-year-old girl even knows I'm in love with my wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday, one lady from the UK was the castle with mommy, and we were looking at something on her phone, and mommy saw the lady had saved her number as nice girl. And mommy said, ah, you saved my number as nice girl. I said, ah, that's why your husband calls you. Nice girl. The, the nicest. Because, you see, if you truly love Jesus, you talk about him. You share him. And you talk about him. You celebrate him. Everybody knows you are in love with Jesus. Everybody knows you are in love with Jesus. The last time I was having social time with mommy, we were just lying in bed. They started worshiping. I said, Charlie, I'm here. <laughs> you are not in worship. You are not doing worship. She said, my heart, I just want to worship the Lord. I just want to worship the Lord. She loved Jesus more than me. Oh, yeah. How many of you will allow your wife to talk about another man so much so you get angry but you see between me and mommy if mommy loves jesus more i i what can i say i'm lying beside you in bed you don't know what i'm going to do next and the next thing i hear you are worshiping <laughs> i just parked myself and i said okay i'll see you later <laughs> and, and went away and went away and went away are you here 
show that you love him join the outreach today let's go out there tell somebody about jesus tell somebody about jesus god bless you thank you for having time with me the lord bless you and keep you the hand of the Lord be upon you. Lift up your two hands, begin to pray. The Lord, help me to win this battle. Help me to win this battle. Help me to win this battle. Lift up your voice and tell him, help me to win this battle. Help me, Lord, to win this battle. Help me to win this battle. Lift up your voice.